Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 200 speaker files, forms for ordering CDs for these speakers, and a place to donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Lisa. I'm Lisa, compulsive overeater. Wow, it's a real honor to be leading this meeting. Thank you, Tisa and Leslie, for asking. So let's see. Okay, well, I guess I'll just stick with format, what it was like, what happened, what it's like now. And I guess just to qualify, I came in about five and a half years ago, or maybe a little bit more. In January, I took a candle for five years, and that's from um, binging in sugar, is my abstinence from binging no sugar. I was probably born a compulsive overeater. My mom loves to tell me that my first words were more when I was eating. <laughs> and, um, you know, I was never a fat kid. I It's sort of like being a size six in a room of size zeros. You know, you're not fat at a six, but you're bigger than everybody else. And that's kind of how I felt. Like, I was just always felt a little bit different, a little bit bigger than everyone else. But I wasn't fat by any means. And then I think, you know, the chaos my family kind of hit when I was eight or nine my parents split up and um you know my mom started dating and my dad remarried very quickly and things just got chaotic you know we moved out of the school district I was still at that school and I was taking a bus with my brother and coming home and my mom was working till six and at some point probably around 11 or 12 I started binging and I would just come home and a really anxious lonely afraid my mom wasn't going to come home she always did afraid she wasn't going to make dinner she always did and but it like was every day and I would just binge and I would somehow get into the bathroom and I would stare at my finger and tell myself to throw up and I never did my finger will not go in my mouth but for years and years and years I did that and for years and years and years that voice in my head really stayed with me until program when I'd overeat or binge was just go throw up just do it do it do it and I can't do it. I, I would stand there, and I can't. I just can't get my finger in my mouth. I hate throwing up. So I guess that's. I was always very upset about that. But when I came into the program, a lot of people said, "You're lucky because you only have one problem instead of two. And I guess that is a blessing that I couldn't do it. Um, so throughout middle school, high school, college, I used food. I binge, and I was just was up and down in my weight. I was never huge, but I've probably been. I don't know, 20, 25 pounds bigger than I am now, and um, just used food to check out, you know, when I would eat, I would just, everything else would kind of go away, and I'd get focused on my body, and what I ate, and how disgusting I was, and get into the self-hatred, and the shame, and tomorrow's a new day, I'm going to start a diet tomorrow, and I'm never going to do this again, and the next day, it would just start again, you know, it was just really painful and you know I got to college and did what everyone else did stole their roommates food and did all those crazy things got into a lot of exercising I don't really qualify as exercise bulimic but I definitely used exercise to keep my weight in check at various points and then a couple of years I moved to LA um, about seven and a half years ago and um, I became friends with this guy this couple she was clearly anorexic, and he was an alcoholic. And I became friends with both of them together and separately. And he had been in and out of sobriety. And my eating had gotten to a point where, you know, a typical binge was that I would binge until I couldn't eat one more bite, and then I was kind of belligerent. And I just became 
so miserable and, and just, you know, the self-loathing and the self-hatred and the disgust with myself would, but that wouldn't come till I couldn't put one more bite in my mouth. I became friends with this couple and um, he, for some reason, I started talking to him about this thinking, well, maybe I should go to an AA meeting and, you know, the sugar for the alcohol, I didn't know about OA. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we'll go to a meeting, but, you know, he wasn't sober and we never did. And um, what started happening that last year was all it took was one bite, just one M&M, one bite of chocolate, and the feelings of self-revulsion and self-hatred, and I couldn't binge anymore. It was very bizarre, but that was going on for about a year. And then I finally just somehow found a way. I don't even know how I knew about it, but I somehow finally just found my way into the rooms. And, um, you know, it was just... I identified right away, I stayed, I didn't speak for four months, I really was just mute, like I did not share at a meeting, um, the first time I shared actually, I was at a meeting that no longer exists where they put names in a hat, and the secretary pulls out names, and whoever's name they pull out shares, and my name was pulled out first, and I was like, <laughs> I like, I've never shared, I don't know what to say, and after that I just started talking, so it was fine, but um, you know, I was really quiet, and I just started, you know, I got a sponsor and um, and kind of got into it. And, you know, my experience with OA was not, I think it, it's a little bit unique in that, you know, I came in and put down the sugar, it took me a couple of months to get abstinent, I put down the sugar and um, I stopped binging and all the feelings came up and I decided it was time to party. And so I was going out all the time and I my drinking went to levels that it had never gone to before. And I've always been able to drink just fine, and I've never had issues with alcohol. Yeah, I partied like everyone else in college and did all the crazy stuff, but it just never stuck. And all of a sudden, I was having blackouts, and I was getting drunk all the time. And that happened. That went on for about maybe a year, six months, eight months. And um, I got a sponsor who said, you're not abstinent. You're getting your sugar from the alcohol, and you're using this to get your feelings down. So I went off alcohol for a few months. And when I started drinking again, luckily, it just went back to normal, and so I did not need AA, thank God, but I probably would have had it not gone back to that. And so, you know, that, I guess, was my first year where I just wasn't ready to deal, I guess, and all the stuff that was coming up just was pushing back down with some other substance. And um, I finally started, you know, sitting through those feelings. I also put on weight when I came in, and, you know, I had to sit through a lot of that. But it's just been like... I don't know, like, OA is just been such a great thing. And I actually, I want to read something from the big book that sort of is what I really get out of this program. So one of the stories. And acceptance is the answer to all my problems today. When I am disturbed is because I find some person, place, thing, or situation, some fact of my life unacceptable to me, and I can find no serenity until I accept that person, place, thing, or situation as being exactly the way it is supposed to be at this moment. Nothing, absolutely nothing happens in God's world by mistake. Until I could accept my alcoholism, I could not stay sober. Unless I accept life completely on life's terms, I cannot be happy. I need to concentrate not so much on what needs to be changed in the world as on what needs to be changed in me and in my attitudes. And so, you know, this is a story I've read like a million times. And this particular paragraph I often read when I pray and read in the morning. You know, I think so much of my eating was that I I wasn't in acceptance about so many things and I was I had so, re- so many resentments about 
you know, my mother and my household for about six years until she married my stepfather and then things got kind of sane again. And, you know, just a lot of resentments about different things. And as I've come into program, I've been able to, I guess, you know, working through the steps and put put down a lot of those resentments and let stuff go and and be in acceptance about different things and be able to push through a lot of fears. And I think that's been a big part of everything is fear and anxiety and and all this stuff and so I would use food to push that down and then that would kind of go away and I'd focus on my body and then I wouldn't get anywhere and so you know by using the tools of this program and the steps and meetings and all of you guys and having a sponsor and sponsoring you know I'm able to to sit through stuff when I was in college I binged my way through college got crappy grades I started working in a field and I wanted to get a master's degree and for a good year or so, I was just paralyzed. Like, I could not go figure out how to do this because I knew I didn't have the grades to get in. I knew that I was going to have to get creative in getting in. And could I get good grades now? Could I do this? And it was just like fear, fear, fear. And I had to do a lot of praying and pray for the willingness to make the call, pray for the willingness to just see what I have to do and see if it's a possibility. And so I, I did. I finally got through that. And... um I figured out what I needed to do, and I was able to take some classes at the master's level, and I got really good grades, and I got into the program, and I graduated with mostly A's, a couple B's, and and I was able to do that through this program. I never would have been able to do that. I was able to study and get really stressed out and not overeat and not binge and not smoke cigarettes and not do whatever else I did, you know, and I was able to do that through this program. And there were plenty of days in grad school that I was flipping out and so stressed out, and I didn't have to eat over it, and I was able to do it and not overeat, and I was able to do it and get really good grades, and that's a direct result of this program. I never could have done it without OA. I have better relationships today. My family, there's definitely a period of time where I think right around when I was coming into program, a lot of old stuff about my mom started coming up. I was in therapy, and I really just had to pull away from her and sort of wondered, am I ever going to get back to that relationship with her? And through working the steps and growing up a little bit and being able to, I don't know, accept her for who she is and kind of take what I love and leave the rest and not get, you know, just sort of be able to separate myself a little bit from her. I've been able to have a much better relationship with her. I still need to set boundaries with her. She's still, like, right here all the time. She's very codependent, but... um I'm able to have a much better relationship with her today, and that's, again, a direct result of this program. You know, I think in working the steps, I I um, completed, I got up to step nine, and then I got a new sponsor, and so I've, we've done the steps, and I just finished my, my fifth, and it was, I did it through the big book this time, whereas before I'd done it through the, the 12 and 12, and it was so much more thorough, and it was amazing. I was, like, crying, and my sponsor was like, I can't believe you've been absent for five years holding on to all this stuff, and... I don't know. I don't. I never really thought about it, but um, a lot of stuff came out, and um, it's just amazing. It's just really, it's really amazing. Um, the life I have today, you know, I am getting married. A lot of you know, and um, you know, being able to show up in that relationship, and you know, coming from divorce and, and coming from a place of fear and anxiety and all that stuff and being able to, you know, use the tools of the program to push through so I can have the life that I want, which is to be married and to have kids and to have a great career and to, you know, to have a body that I like and to have good relationships is is something that I've, I, I work on, you know, and, and I think 
having a connection with God and being able to pray and, and meditate, which I don't do as often as I need to, um, is just such a gift. You know, I find that when there's been times of, um, since the last, you know, five and a half years, and there's been times of, of major stress or, or chaos or crazed, just picking up the big book and just opening it up to anywhere, I just feel better. I just read whatever's there, and I just feel better. And I think when things are good, I, I sometimes forget to do that. And, you know, and I think that's an area that I need to, I need to keep focusing on. But, um, you know, this program has just been so amazing. Oh, what else can I say? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Summon Up program's great. So, let's see. I guess I'll talk about sponsorship. I have some sponsees, and um, that's just another gift, is I think when I show up for someone else in this program, take them through the steps and hear their story, it, for whatever reason, it keeps my program so much cleaner. And I have sponsees that will sometimes say, like, I don't want to bother you, and I'm sorry to keep calling. And, and it's like, it's, it's funny, because it's like, there's so no bother, and it's, it's, um, it's just such a gift. I think all the components of this program of, um, you know, sponsorship and having a sponsor and the steps and the meetings and the fellows and the, the friendships I have in here, it's just what makes for such an amazing life and, you know, just such, an, it's such a change in my life. And um, it's, it's really amazing. Let's see. Let's see. So today I, um, I guess I'll come up to today. I'm in a job that I really love. And I'm in the process of <clears throat> working towards starting my own company. And I had to take a board exam several months ago. And I need this board exam in order to start a company. And I failed it. And that was the first experience from grad school. And I had to take an exam to graduate. And I did really well through everything. And that was the first experience where I got a really bad grade. Well, I failed it. And I called my sponsor, and I was so upset. I was just so upset. And just like there's shame and embarrassment. I'm like, what's wrong with me? And why didn't I do well? And blah, blah, blah. And she says to me, you know, God wants you to learn perseverance. And there's a reason that you failed this exam, and there's a reason that you need to study again and retake it, and there's something that you missed. And, and then it's like I just feel better. Okay, I have to learn perseverance. Okay, I can focus on that and not focus on that I failed. And then it just becomes easier. So I rescheduled the exam and I actually started studying for it today. You know, and I think in being able to take, the, take this exam and pass, it's going to open up a whole new set of doors, you know, financially and starting this company, which will give me a lot more autonomy. And just having the, again, I, I think like through every step that I've had to take, whether it's, you know, with work or school or relationships or whatever it is, I've had to push through pretty hard, and there's often a lot of resistance to to big changes. And leaving a company that is steady and safe and all these things to, to start my own company is really scary, really scary. And And I think using this program is that, you know, just for today, all I have to focus on is the job I have now, getting through this exam, getting married and, you know, other things, and then I can start really focusing on that and work through the fears of what if this and what if that and what's going to happen with this and all, and can I do it? Am I smart enough and can I handle this? And and I think that's just been an ongoing theme throughout the years of, of fear and self-doubt and, and all these things. And so when I get down to praying and writing about it, I'm able to get so much more 
centered and safe and, and get out of fear and get into faith. And I think that is what pushes me forward and helps me achieve all these things in my life. And I guess I'll talk a little bit about my relationship with God. I, um, I call him God. And um, I had a sponsor a long time ago that would have me write in the mornings. And I did this for a long time. I would write what's going on. And whatever, you know, if I was here, I would just write, help me have faith. If I was in fear about this job or whatever I was doing, I would just write about faith. Please help me stay in faith, blah, 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 blah. You know, if I was in anxiety about whatever, I'd write about whatever, stay calm or whatever the opposite of anxiety is. And, and I would just do all this writing, and it always made me feel so great. And I still do that sometimes. And um, I, you know, when I pray and meditate, I tend to... You know, I say the first three steps, I say the <clears throat> serenity prayer, third step, seventh step prayer, the the set-aside prayer, and then I just get quiet and sort of think about what's going on and and just, you know, daily, like pray daily to be the person that I want to be, the person that this program allows me to be, which is, you know, abstinent, a good friend, a good coworker, you know, good to the kids I work with and the families, um, to be nicer when I drive, like just, you know, little things. And um, and when I do that, I get so much more centered and I'm able to have such a much better day. And and when I have not so good days, to get quiet again and to just try and just take it down and bring God into the mix. And, And that's been really amazing. I never really had a connection with God growing up. I would sort of pray, like, randomly if I was scared about something or someone was sick or, you know, things like big things, but never... Um, never on a daily basis for, you know, to stay absent or to be a good person or whatever. And, and that makes me feel really good. And that's given me a lot of, um, a lot of serenity and a lot of, a lot of just peace in my life and in my day and, and able to have better relationships and able to be quiet and able to sit through a lot of stuff by, by having that contact, which has been really great. So it's an ongoing process. I, you know, also praying for certain defects and, you know, looking at different things and, you know, just taking the opposite of that and focusing on that instead of the defect, you know, the comparing, the jealousy, like those things can creep up pretty easily. So really working on that stuff so that I can just be a happier person. And and that's what I get is that I just get this happier, more serene life when my food is clean and when my head is clean and when I'm connecting to God and to all of you guys, I can just have a much cleaner day and a cleaner life and when I'm not obsessing about my body and what I ate and I'm getting into contact with God and it's just so much easier to live a really good life and to be so much more peaceful and when things get chaotic to go back to that and to keep my food extra clean when things are chaotic and to really make sure that I outreach and and pray during those times has been really amazing for me. So that's, that's been really great. I think my sponsor, you know, also having a sponsor has been really, really amazing. Um, and being able to be honest about things that... I remember when I first went to Serenity Sunday, and I had been in the program not long, maybe a month or two, and I actually got obstinate from that meeting. And hearing the speaker in front of all these people, it's like, how can you talk about that stuff in front of all these people? And And I think that's where the... I think that's where the relief comes, is being able to share about these things that are so hideous and so awful and so degrading in front of all these people that you don't know. 
and being able to get honest. And I think when I get honest about the person that I can be when I'm eating and miserable, and it's not pretty. Like, I'm not a nice person when I'm binging and when I'm caught up in my body. I'm just not a nice person. I can't show up for anybody. I can't show up for myself, and I can't, certainly can't show up for you. And I think that's what, you know, that's what having a sponsor and fellows and meetings gives me, is the ability to suit up and be honest and share. And, and as soon as I tell somebody else, it just it's so much easier just kind of like it just subsides you know and even just anything not just food stuff but you know this week or last week I had a really hard meeting with one of the parents that I work with and I could feel it in my toes like I was so you know just so frustrated with her and um and I left there you know I called a couple people and and then I kind of got lifted. Like, I'm able to sort of quickly get to a place of, okay, well, how she's the one with this kid with autism. She's the one that lives this crazy life. You know, her, she, just, she has a very crazy life. And it didn't take long for me to just talk about it with a couple people. And then it kind of went away, and I was able to kind of, you know, let it go and get some compassion in for her and for her life. And then I had to go back this week for another meeting, and it was so much better. I mean, it was just a great meeting, and everything went great. And and that's, again, what this program does, is that I might have held on to that for a really long time and gone to the next meeting and not done as good a job because I was still holding on to what happened at the last meeting. And I was able to let that go and just be of service to her and her family and and accept the choices that she's making are not the choices I would make, but those are the choices, and that's what she believes in, and that's what she needs to do, and I can't change that about her. And again, it comes down to acceptance, and, you know, from what I just read, and it's it's that I can't change everything, and I can't change all the people, and, and sometimes in my work especially I do. I want to change things, and I want them to do it my way, and, and I can't always have it that way, and so being able to, you know, to talk about that and to share about it and write about it and pray about it and pray for her... Um, gives me the relief to show up again and loosen the reins of control a little bit and and just to be able to show up and and you know do my job the best that I can with what I have and I think overall you know this program has really changed my life I've made amazing friends in this program I've I've learned to live a life that it's it's just a much more graceful life it's you know, the food's more graceful, the my relationships are more graceful, everything is just a lot more peaceful. I'm able to communicate better, I'm able to, um, you know, kind of say what's going on and then, and be kind about it and, and, and just kind of bring God into it and bring the steps into it and, and to wait, you know. Um, another thing that happened recently is one of my best friends from Toronto who I asked to be bridesmaid and said she would, um, bailed out at the last minute because she couldn't afford the trip and I really did go into a big tizzy about it and I made some calls and um you know I just had to sit with it and be okay with it there's nothing I can do I don't want to lose her friendship over it but you know I was really mad and I sat down she emailed me to tell me this which you know I wasn't that excited about but I sat down to email her back as soon as I got it and I was like oh so mad and I, I like had my fingers on the keyboard and this voice in my head is like Lisa you know you can't write her right now you know you're going to regret whatever you say you're going to regret you know that so I shut my computer and I called my sponsor and you know called a couple other people and 
and then I wrote her, you know, the next day or that night or something when I calmed down. And and I think, again, that's what this program gives me is the ability to have better relationships and to be able to just be more grateful and, and more serene with the things that come my way and that I can't control everything. So I think, I think I'll just wrap up for questions. I don't have anything else to Thank you. Talk a little bit about how you work on your defects of character and how they're lifted. Could you talk a, a little bit more about that? So the question is, how do I work on my defects of character and how do I get them lifted? I, I pray about them. Um, specifically, if there's a specific situation that I'm jealous over someone or something or I'm in a situation, I directly pray about that. You know, God, please help me not be jealous. Please help me be so happy for this person that they have X, Y, and Z and that there's an abundance of these things and that I can get it too. I pray for that person when I'm willing, and that sometimes can take some effort. Um, I do some writing. It's a lot of sort of contrary action and contrary thoughts, which, you know, my thought is, you know, anything. Like if, if someone just bought a house or someone's really thin or someone, whatever it is, petty things, you know, it's often petty things. Um, it's, it's just taking the action, taking the contrary thoughts and praying about kind of the opposite and praying for that person and and then sitting through it and being able to show up for them anyway, even though I might feel some resentment or jealousy and sort of just sitting through it, trying to get God into it, writing about it and and sort of thanking God that, wow, that's amazing that this person has that. Thank you for providing that for that person and I hope someday I can get it too. And if it's something that I really want, then taking the steps to do it. You know, like graduate school is a great example. I mean, I don't necessarily recall being jealous of people that had degrees, but, you know, it's just if I was, okay, what do I have to do to get this? And what does that person have that I want? How do I get it? You know, and instead of sitting in jealousy to be so happy that that person has a degree and, wow, thank you that these people are successful in school. I want that. How do I do it? And and getting the willingness to push through that and just sort of sitting through feelings and I hope that helps. Michael? Thanks, Lisa. How do you deal with fear? Uh, how do I deal with how do I deal with fear? I deal with a lot of fear, a lot of fear and anxiety all the time. And um you know, I think again praying, like I if there's something specific I have a an eval with my boss or just something that's really even this meeting, I was having dreams about leading this meeting all week. And it's, um, you know, and just, just being able to pray about it. And if I have an, let's say I have an evaluation or I'm up for a raise or something and I'm really scared about it, you know, just praying about it. You know, God, please help me show up to this evaluation and just know that it's God's will and everything's going to be fine. And, and just sort of, again, the contrary thoughts, like kind of rep- replacing the fear with its opposite of faith and just, you know, really focusing on the faith of the situation and kind of rewording what I'm scared about to make it what I'm in faith about and, you know, asking God to keep me in faith about this situation and to try and let go of the fear and then just sit through it. I mean, I might just sit. Meditation is hard um, for me, but I'll sit for maybe five minutes and and just breathe and and try and sit through thinking about the faith and sort of the opposite part.
parts of that situation so that I'm focusing on not the fear but the faith and I'm I'm just more it's like I someone there I don't know if it's in the book or someone people always say that whatever you focus on gets bigger so if you focus on the fear the fear gets bigger you focus on the faith and the faith gets bigger so if you turn around if I turn around my thinking and and put it more towards faith and to the alternative of whatever's going on that seems to get bigger and then I get more peace and so that that helps me I hope that helps Hi I'm Siri well, I often read what I read to you guys, which I think is on 417. Uh, I think it's, yeah, 417 on acceptance. That's what I read pretty frequently. Um, and then I just, if I just want to read, I just pick up random spots. I read the stories a lot. If I'm in a particularly squirrely mood or it's night and I'm anxious or I'm whatever, I often will just pick up and just read a story. And I find them very calming. And, yeah, I don't, that's pretty much what I read. Sometimes I'll just start at the beginning and, you know, read for a few months, a couple pages every morning. I haven't done that for a while, but I have done that in previous times. Yeah? Do you have... um a series of things, daily things that you do every day that are, that are the same sort of program rituals? Well, as I said, the prayer meditation is somewhat inconsistent when I am doing it. Um, as I said, I, you know, I pray, say the first three steps, um, think about what's going on. Sometimes I'll sit and meditate for five minutes, um, you know, take sponsees calls, call my sponsor, get to meetings. Yeah, it's not really super rigid at this point. I think there have been periods where it was, but not for a while. Can you talk about wedding dress shopping and um, that the kind of notion that I want to look a certain way or be a certain size or the resolution that I'm going to stop doing this or that so I'll be a certain way for that day? Sure. Wedding dress shopping was actually really, um, was really fun. I... Um, I didn't really know what to expect with wedding dress shopping, and it's funny, I I guess I'm in a pretty relatively good place with my body, and when I went to try dresses on, I have a wide back, and they couldn't zip up the dresses, like all the sample sizes, they couldn't zip up the back, and um, I was totally fine with it. For whatever reason, like, I was so fine with it, I I didn't feel fat. I mean, there were certain dresses, like the mermaid styles, just not okay on my body, but <laughs> most of the dresses were great like I just didn't really have issues with it I had a small meltdown when they ordered the dress in a size 14 and I wear it normally not a four I wear a size six usually and um, <laughs> so I was like 14 what's good like I seriously had a meltdown a small meltdown and then you know it's the French sizes and our sizes are wrong and blah 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 and I called the store the next day and I was like are you sure I'm a size 14 really so, but I guess I am, and that dress better fit when it comes in. That's all I have to say about that. Um, but overall, it was a really, it was a good experience. I, it wasn't, I didn't really get too spinny about it. You know, my mom was here for um, some of the dress. She came in, and we tried on some dresses, and it was almost funny. Like, it, she was crying, and like, oh, honey, it's so beautiful. You know, she was crying, and I was like, it wasn't, and then I, I didn't find the dress with her, and then I found it with actually one of my very close friends in program, and um, it just wasn't that, it, it was great. Like, there wasn't, I just was not in body obsession, which, again, is such a gift of this program. Like, I just wasn't hating my body, and I was standing there in my underwear with these women, like, dressing me and in this big room with lights and 
And um, the, the lady was like, I'm glad you're wearing underwear. And I was like, people come in without underwear? I mean, how do they try on dresses without underwear? And it was just really, like, the whole thing was funny. Like, it just wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was a really fun experience. So, I don't, yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah. What did you have to do to put down the sugar? Well, I got really sick of hating myself. I got really sick of being in self-hatred and being irate with myself and hating my body and hating every minute of eating the sugar and not being able to stop and I think it just got so bad that the alternative you have a choice I had a choice I could either eat the sugar the feeling comes on I really want to eat sugar and I could go eat it and kind of satiate that feeling knowing that I'm going to be in hatred and self-loathing and miserable as soon as I'm done or I could sit through the tension and the discomfort, which is also not fun at all, um, wanting the sugar. And at some point, you know, I got abstinent, I don't know, sometime in November, December for a few weeks, and I was going to Toronto, and I knew I was going to break my abstinence. My stepmother, it was going to be my sister's birthday, there was going to be a birthday cake that I knew I wasn't going to be able to resist, and I didn't even try to. And then when I came back, I started, I started abstinence, which is the one that I have now. And um, I just... I just sat through it. I mean, I think initially, again, I was going out a lot, and I think some of the feelings, I was going out with friends all the time and seeking entertainment constantly so that I didn't have to feel anything. I think once I stopped drinking, (laughs) that's when I just had to sit through stuff. You know, I also quit smoking in this program a few months after I got abstinent. It was the same thing. Like, okay, God, here we go. I'm having a craving. Please help me not smoke a cigarette. It was like kind of like feeling it, owning it, letting it out and then just being like okay here we go it's gonna end it's not gonna last forever I think for me like I always felt like if I didn't get that sugar I was gonna die and I just I was gonna die like that feeling would never go away I was gonna live forever in this craving I was gonna live forever like wanting this big bag of M&Ms and um the cravings go away they just do I mean they did for me I mean you sit there for a few minutes it's uncomfortable you pick up the phone and then suddenly it's gone actually I remember calling my sponsor early on and I I had plans to binge that night I think I don't think I was abstinent and um I was telling her that I was going to get a pizza and I was like oh I have this big plan and we're talking on the phone and when I hung up the phone it just was gone like the desire just went away and I think again just you know making the calls and and just being able to sit through it it's uncomfortable picking up a big book and just kind of sitting through it it doesn't the only way through it, I feel like, the only way to get rid of it for me is to sit through it. And once you sit through it, eventually it gets lifted, and it just stops. And I don't, yeah, I mean, there's the odd time I was at this convention, and it was like a million tables, and each table um, or each place setting had a miniature chocolate cake at every single place setting. So I sat down, and there's a miniature chocolate cake right at my plate. Did it look good? Yes. Did I want it? Yes. Did I eat it? No. Because it's not worth it. Like, for today, it's just not worth it. So I could have eaten it and had a minute of yummy and then hours and hours and hours and days of I hate myself. I can't believe I did that. I lost my absence. I just start over and blah, 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 you know, and then the, the race goes on. So it's never worth it. It never was. There wasn't a single time that I did not regret a binge. So how about Thank you so much.